Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Um, I want to I want to thank y'all all for coming to Grape Top Church, and at our church, uh, I feel like uh, I feel. I feel really blessed for us to have uh, the group that we have, even um, even in times like this. It, I know that we have so many people that are connected, uh, connected, and you know it. It's amazing that nowadays we can still, uh, even not even seeing each other all week or even on Sunday, that we still can feel connected to somebody. Today we are continuing our series, Demon Hunter. This is actually our last message for the demon hunter series how do you guys feel oh no no. uh good um you know before we before we get into the demon hunter message um how many of you guys heard kanye west's new album yeah Yeah? you know uh i i heard i heard so many different people talk about it and um i think it's so interesting how um, we as Christians can be the most judgmental force against other Christians in the world. That it's like uh, the world doesn't even have to judge us. Um, we do that ourselves. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And one, uh, I was listening to his album and um, even in one of his songs, he sings, he's singing, uh, singing about how the first ones to judge him will be the church. And... I've had I've heard I always hear different people uh, say something about Kanye West and his new album, and uh, I feel like there's no way he could win. <laughs> there's no way he can win. It, um, the first thing is like, did you hear Kanye West say he's only going to do Christian music now? Uh, Who does he think he is? It's like, so you'd rather him continue making secular music? I mean, I thought that's what you would want. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, he's not really a Christian though. It, and it's like just so, so, so much judgment, so much criticism. And if you get past all that and uh, it's the, the conversation turns into, uh, well, you know, we shouldn't trust him because he's just a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing now. But for me, the way that I can tell, I mean, a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing, how can you tell a wolf that's dressed in sheep's clothing? By their viciousness, right? And when I look at the accusations against a, a new believer, someone that's, that's proclaiming their new faith in Christ, it seems like all the accusations are the most vicious part. So who's really the, the wolves? The ones that are accusing? And let me remind you all that the devil is the accuser. Or the person that is making songs that say Jesus is Lord. My life has changed. I'm, I'm, the, I thought I was new, but it wasn't until I met Jesus that I was made new. Don't follow Jesus, follow Jesus. <laughs> like, he's, he's making a, all of his songs are like a, a total repentance. And I feel like uh, no matter what I say in conversation to people um, for his new album, it's, there's, always a, there's always a snark right after. It's like there's nothing I could say that would just bring it to closure. If I, if I say, well, you know, uh, the idea is like, well, it's just a publicity stunt. He's a really successful artist. I don't think he needs this, one of the smallest uh, groups of people in the music industry to listen to him. It's not that I don't think he needs to exhaust every resource to be able to to try to make another dollar. 
And it's almost like at his point where money was no longer satisfying to him, fame was no longer satisfying, he has a breakdown and finds Jesus. Isn't that how all of us find Christ? And I'm not here to, I'm not trying to mention it to, to try to affirm anything about him, but I think that there's a point where we have to chill out and, and, and try to see the best in people, even if they're celebrities, because that's what Christ did for us. We were, we were sinners and he saw the best in us. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And it's like, uh, if I, if I get people past that, it's the next comment is like, well, the album isn't even that good. <laughs> it's like, d- dang, like, you should like be a professional critic. <laughs> you, you, like every part, part you have a criticism at. And it's like, well, his music's good, but it just doesn't feel anointed. <laughs> I've heard it go all the way that far. And there's just a point where, are you just really looking for a point to accuse? Or are you really actually looking at it from uh, an unbiased Christian standpoint of, of looking at a newfound believer. I mean, what's sad about the, that whole situation is that that's the exact same way new believers are treated all the time. It's not just a celebrity that's highly criticized in their newfound faith, but every believer, when they first start going to church, they feel that judgment, that hypocrisy, that criticism. Y'all know what I'm saying? So, I, I was listening, even just on the way here, I, I like to listen to the lyrics, and I like to really hear what uh, artists are saying. And I'm, from my personal opinion, his lyrics sound more spiritually deep than most of Chris Tomlin's songs. Most of the songs that are on the Christian radio, his new, Kanye West's new album is a lot more deeper spiritually, and even a lot more spiritually edifying and glorifying to God than most of the albums in modern Christian artists today. I mean, if, and you could be the judge of it yourself, but even, you know, just most Christian songs today is like, I had a bad day, but I looked to Jesus. His songs are literally saying about how Jesus is Lord of his life, that he was a sinner, now he repents. And it's like a very renewed heart. You can hear it. You can hear the depth of the spirituality. And so, you know, if we really want to bring judgment, you know, just read the lyrics if you want, but, you know, be open-hearted to someone that is trying to proclaim Jesus in their lives. I mean, ask yourselves this, is it honoring to God? Is he trying to honor God in his life right now? And who are we to judge the the depth of that? Y'all dig what I'm saying? There's a part where, you know, we're, we're just, we're, we're just staining Christianity by being these just belligerent people that look to to smear everything around them. All right, let's get into the Demon Hunter series. I just wanted to say that to y'all. So today's message is tricked or uh, tricked for treats, not trick or treat, tricked for treats, tricked for treats. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Do you think that you're a gullible person? Do you think that you're a gullible person? A humble person would say, yeah, <laughs> Or maybe someone that just really knows they're gullible. <laughs> but for a lot of people, I, I don't think anyone suspects themselves of being tricked of something. Like I, when I was in sales, um, people all the time would tell me like, uh, oh, I know when someone's trying to sell me and it never works. And I would sell them. <laughs> it's like, it, it's, it's just so funny that we, we have this idea of ourselves, this perspective of ourselves 
that we are like unbeatable, that we are untrickable. Nothing gets past us. We are fortified walls all around our minds, right? And the, it, it even takes a humble heart to realize that you were wrong. Have you ever uh, missed your, misplaced your keys before? Misplaced your phone? Lose something? And what is your first reaction? Blame it on somebody else. That's right. Honesty. You, you go around the whole house like, what'd you do with my phone? I know that you took it. I had it right here on the couch. What'd you do? And you can go around the whole house blaming everybody at home. And, then that, and you just know it, though. At that moment, you know how right you are. You just believe it to your core. Like, I know I did not misplace it. I left it here. I always leave my things here. And then you just, just for, just for the benefit of the doubt, you go and check your pants from the day before, and you're like, oh, here it is. <laughs> oh, shoot. And do you go and apologize to everybody? Of course not. <laughs> you, you still even leave a little bit of snark there like, yeah, well, you usually do that anyway, so... <laughs> Yeah, you just lie about it, right? That's the easiest thing to do. And when it comes into this message today, I really, uh, I really want to shoot straight today. I, I'm going to just talk very frankly. Um, and I hope that's okay with y'all. Uh, I, I want to just kind of get straight to the point on a lot of topics. Is that cool? Yeah. And so how many of you guys have seen that show or movie Stargate? Stargate SG-1, that's an older show. Man, this... Analogy would make a lot more sense if y'all have watched that show or seen that movie. Um, but it was in the 90s, so I guess that was too old for y'all. <laughs> um, so the show, they find, all these, they find this ancient, circular, um, concrete-looking ancient device. And they end up powering it up, and this like wormhole comes out, and it looks like this pool of water that you could walk through. And the minute you walk through it, you travel. You can travel light years and, and galaxies away, and be on a different planet. So it's a stargate, and it's a, it, which means a gate through the stars. And you just turn it on, you just walk through it, and you show up at another place. It's that easy. And and in the show, it become really dangerous sometimes because all of the aliens obviously wanted to come to Earth and destroy us, right? Because that's what everyone always wants to do. And, and so they had to really protect the Stargate. And not only did they go out to other worlds to try to, to help and do little missions, but they had to really defend against people trying to enter to their Stargate. Which makes sense, right? You would want to defend yourself against from anything that's not of your world, right? And so let's look at it um, from a spiritual perspective that all of us have these stargates to our souls, these, these spiritual gateways that we should be guarding from anything that is not of our world as Christians from entering in and causing destruction, right? And I think that the, the funniest term today is the idea of negative, negative energy. Everyone is so careful to avoid negative energy. You know what I'm saying? And it, it's funny that today people call evil a nickname. <laughs> it's like everyone is talking about like evil and 
bad, but we just say negative energy. And while it's somewhat descriptive, evil does display negative energy, right? Does give that off. It takes away from the elephant that's staring at you in the room. Instead of just saying sin, we say problem. Instead of saying a, a demon, we say negative energy. Instead of saying straight out evil, we just say bad vibes. <laughs> and Hitler had bad vibes. <laughs> Some bad vibes. And it's, it, what it is, is a complete recognition of something out there. But a, a, a total willful ignorance to call it for what it is. And I, I, I really do think it's hilarious how so many people avoid negative energy. And the truth is these negative energies, these negative spirits, these demons, while they do attack us, these negative spirits don't have access to infiltrate our lives as Christians. They can only come into our lives if we allow them to or even invite them in. No keys, no problem. You'll probably invite me in anyway. And while we, we choose to just paint people as negative energy, we, we allow the, the same people we criticize and um, the same people that we criticize and avoid in our public lives, we admire in Hollywood. Y'all notice that? Same people that you, that you hate in real life, you love them in person. Um, I, I can't think of a famous person that's uh, highly criticized right now besides like the president. <laughs> um, but um, the, what, whenever there's somebody that's so popular, there's so many like a, let, let's look at Robert Dennery Jr. Everyone loves him, right? But if you were to really like have that kind of personality around you all the time, you'd be completely annoyed. It's that same kind of person that at work or at school, you're like, you're so full of yourself. You're, man, they, they think they're just all that. But when it's on the screen, it's like, man, they're so funny. They're, they're so real. That's so true. But if someone's so real, so raw, so true to you, you're like, how dare you? Don't you have a filter? You, you need to watch your mouth. You can't talk to me like that. But when we see them talk to somebody else like that, we love it. And this idea of negative spirits, it, I'm not trying to, this isn't a, a ploy message to tell us to not watch, uh, to not watch movies or TV, that, all that. But what I am saying is that there are so many stargates, there's so many gateways that these bad vibe spirits come into our lives because we invite them in. And just because of commonality, just because things are common, commonality confuses us with innocence. Just because it's widely done, practiced, or accepted doesn't mean that it's innocent. The, the highlighted example would be like pornography. It's the most commonly done in private. Everyone does it, right? So I should make a big deal about it when I do it. See that? Just because it's common doesn't make it innocent and you can go down the ladder from from that to uh, fornication sleeping around premarital sex whatever it you go down to stealing go to lying go down the way 
And isn't that the excuse for everything that we get wrong? Well, everybody's doing it, so it's okay. See, commonality convinces us that it's innocent when it's simply not. Do y'all dig what I'm saying? And let's step away. I, I want to step away from the idea of like, you know, sin and like that. And let's go to some like gateways that are a lot more spiritual. And I, I said at the beginning of the series that some of the most common practice today is just watered down witchcraft. A lot of very modern practices today that's widely done and very common is just watered down witchcraft. Think about what you're really giving your attention to. And even, and I'm gonna go over some, some things. And again, this isn't, uh, this isn't a message for me to, to make you feel like got you. It really doesn't affect my life if you do any of these things. I'm, what, what I'm trying to do is show you that these, these things that we're talking about are actually a, a, a bigger door than you realize. And so when it comes to psychics, the stars and horoscopes, fortune tellers, rocks or stones, crystals, a plant, what are you really giving your attention to? Because when I see these things, you're giving attention to the very specific item or person. The very attention that God would normally get if you devoted to him instead. And what's also really interesting, even the most innocent item, like a stone. It's just a crystal. It's just to take away bad energies. That's all it is. It seems so innocent. It's just an inanimate object, right? Well... All of these things are, actually, are in the Bible as false gods. All of them are in the Bible as idols and sorcery. If you read through the Old Testament, look how many times it says, put away your stoned images. Put away your, 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 your rocks. Put away your, your items of wood. Put away your idols. The, the entire Tower of Babel was a monument to the star gods. That's why God confused the people so they couldn't finish it. Because he had just wiped the earth of the flood because it was so increasingly wicked because of the pagan worship. Those star gods that they worshipped then, all, all that it would always promote was child sacrifice, sex orgies, just pure wickedness. And that's why God was like, I already promised I'm not going to flood the earth again. And so I have to help steer my people away from sin. And that's why he confused the Tower of Babel from being built. And consistently, you see the worship of the stars, the, the worship of rocks and stones and crystals, of plants. All these things are, are worship points and even sorcery. sorcery. Fortune telling is in the Bible. A psychic is in the Bible. And it's always connected to sorcery, rich, witchcraft, etc. And... Today, we, we just paint it as, oh, well, it's not really that bad. But the truth is, it's just watered down witchcraft. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And think about the reason that we go to these things. It, is it not because we have a, a giant lack of faith to go to, the, with God, to go to God for these things? 
Why does someone go to the psychic or the fortune teller? Because they don't know what to do. Because I, I don't think God will really answer me, so I'm going to go to this person. And maybe some, they will talk to some spirit that will give me advice or a ghost that will just, ghosts are just probably really smart and they'll tell me what to do. It, the common, it's like we just lose kind of common sense for a second. And we go to these things instead of God. We go to a crystal or a stone instead of the blood of Jesus. All of these things deter us from really going to God for everything. Y'all, y'all see that? And again, I don't care if you use stones or anything. It doesn't do anything to me. But why, why allow there to be a gap in your faith? If, that, if that's a point where you could put God as your trust instead, should we not take it as Christians? And I, I'm talking about gateways, but I also want to talk to you all about the idea of soul ties. Anyone here soul ties before? It's a real... Uh, it's a real church word nowadays, and it's the idea of you're, you're tying your soul to something else or somebody else. And one thing I want us to, to realize at the end of this series, Demon Hunter, is to know that, that these, these bad vibe spirits, these negative energies, these demons are actually really territorial. The Bible talks about principalities and how they have, they're literally commanders of demons. It always describes demons almost in a regiment form, in an army format. And we hear the term church a lot, uh, kingdom-minded, being kingdom mentality, being kingdom-minded. And we only think of the aspect of God's kingdom. But the idea of being kingdom-minded also means to look at an, the enemy, the devil, as kingdom-minded too. That he's a regiment, that he's trying to take over territory. That when the Bible says there is no fellowship with light and darkness is because it's only God and, and the devil. And demons are extremely territorial. The Bible talks about in Daniel and in other books about how demons literally take hold of cities with demonic activity. Entire cities and states and countries with demonic activity. And when they enter a place, they want to keep it. They not only want to keep it, they want to grow and expand that darkness to take over everything. And if you give an inch, you'll end up having to give a mile. Their hunger for possession is insatiable. You can, it, when, when it comes to our society, our culture, our world, any inch that we give to anything evil, it will never be enough. It will only desire more and more and more everything. And, and I'm, this is not a ploy to be political, but the idea of tolerance is the idea to just accept it because the intention is to get, take more. Accept this X, Y, or Z so that there can be more and more and more. And the minute that you, you accept one little piece, you're going to have to accept more and more and more. Y'all dig what I'm saying? Because, like I said, demonic, evil, negative vibes, it is insatiable. 
It wants to take hold of you. And that's why even ordinary people can recognize that someone that has negative energy, it starts, it starts affecting you too. Isn't that why everybody wants to stay away from negative energy? Because the minute you're around it, it affects you. It's because even that simple understanding shows how insatiable evil is. That it wants to take everything it is around. Y'all with me? And so, in the same way, so is sin within us. You ever notice if you have one little sin that you're trying really hard not to give into, the minute you give into it, you end up giving into a couple other things too? It's because sin is the same kind of evil within us, it wants everything. And the idea that sin is ployed into us is, the same, is, is very similar to the idea of tolerance. And now I'm not condoning being a bigot either, but it's the same idea and that says, well, just do it to get it out of your system. Who here has ever got it out of their system from doing it? It only stimulates that little desire. It only causes it to grow See, that's why it's, we are tricked. We are so commonly tricked in this world by evil. And, because, and we allow so many different beliefs to enter our minds and our hearts to just continue to stimulate that, that evil within us. And whether it's, I got to get it out of my system, or... Uh, uh, it's just, it, everyone does it. It's not that big of a deal. It's just this, it's just that. We, we, we have all these different beliefs that were planted into us that aren't really true. And soul ties are almost like, a spirit, are, are like spiritual and emotional addictions. What happens is that the more you do, the more you tie your soul to that person or to that thing. And when you try to take it away, it's either tied too tightly together to where you can't rip it away, or if it does rip, some, it, it rips something away from you, leaving you damaged soul that needs repair. And the most commonly way that it's explained in churches is in relationships, is that you do so much together, uh, premarital sex even, you just do so much together that when you try to end it, it's too strong and it hurts. It rips. That's what a soul tie is. But it, it applies to so many different things beyond just relationships. You, and you just have to literally imagine that this thing that you're doing, it, if we were to look at it in practical terms, it's an emotional addiction. It's a spiritual addiction. And that the more that you do it, you, every time you do, you're just sewing another niche into it. You're sewing another thing together. And that when the day comes for you to rip it away, it's most likely going to take more of you than you of it. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And even if it takes, if you end up taking more of it when it rips, it takes that much longer to peel it away. And if it takes more of you, you're so emotionally damaged that you can't even get out of bed. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And that's why if we were to understand this idea of Demon Hunter series, 
that spiritual stuff is real and that it goes beyond what we were able to see, we'd, be, we'd make so many better decisions for our lives. We would think before we would act. And we wouldn't allow, allow the idea of commonality to convince us that it's innocent. And so that leaves us with the idea of, are we really just fooled or are we being foolish? Are we really just fooled or are we being foolish? In Proverbs 19.3, it says, People ruin their lives by their own foolishness and then are angry at the Lord. I remember when I got into a moped accident. doesn't sound extreme, but it was, it was a, <laughs> a horrible accident. And what had happened was, is I think I was only uh, 16 at the time. I was riding this moped and I had been drinking and uh, I was riding it in, in Florida and the, the road was sandy. And as I tried to brake, I was using the front brake and the whole, the, the whole uh, because of the sand, it just skid so fast, so out of control. And uh, there was someone else on it that, that literally flipped over and went flying. And for me, my, my right leg got trapped under the, the moped. And uh, it doesn't sound like it weighed a lot, right? But it was enough to really damage my, my knee. And the motor was hot, and so it just burned straight into my knee. And I have an ugly scar from it. And I had road rash all over my elbows. And, and I, was, I was just messed up. I broke my wrist. Um, I, I, looked, uh, I looked messed up. And I remember as I, I lifted the moped off my leg and slid out, and I saw all the damage, and I felt all the pain, I, I was able to stand up. And I just started yelling God's name in vain. GD. And I remember I yelled it so loud and it was just so silent afterwards. And even in that moment, I was cursing God and blaming him for what had happened. And it was a weird moment where I had a self-reflection, just a little self-reflection to where in my heart, I just told myself, well, this is my fault. Why am I blaming him? But it just felt easier to blame him. It felt simpler. And I use that, I'm, I want to share that story because the real trick is that all, all of these things that we go to as a supplement to what we really want are counterfeits to what we really need. All these gateways that I said before, even when it just comes to sinful things, are they not just supplements to counterfeit what we need? Why did I smoke so much weed? Because I really desired peace. See, that was what I needed, but I was willing to supplement a counterfeit to make it by. But once I was willing to trust God for that peace, I didn't need the supplement anymore. I got my nourishment from God. And that's what supplements are, is to help your, little, your deficiencies for that day. But when you find nourishment at its source, you don't need supplements. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And every, even the, these, these watered down witchcraft ideas that I shared earlier, what, what are you really looking for? When you go to a fortune teller, or a psychic, or a horoscope, 
You're trying to find direction in your life. You're trying to find affirmation. You're trying to find purpose. You're trying to find what to do. And sometimes we just want to know that everything's going to be okay. Are those not all things that the Bible says God gives us? That God offers us? Think about it. We wear a stone, a crystal necklace. Why? To, to keep evil away. Is that, is that not what Jesus promised to do for us? Is that not why he gives us the authority of Christ to pray? That the idea of even just trying to, to attract in the universe what's good for your future, trying to, to call out to the universe the good energies and a prosperous life and your future, the things that you desire, is that not just a counterfeit to prayer? If I just empty my mind and completely focus on what I desire, the universe will send it to me. See, these are just counterfeits. These are just counterfeits to what God tells us to do. Pray and ask. God always makes it so simple. And we as in our humanity always do something foolish to try to, to try to present something that we can see and feel instead. And our, it's our foolish humanity, our, our foolish nature, that we have such a gullibility to believe crap instead of truth. To believe crap instead of, of, instead of truth. Because crap is tangible. Crap is tangible in some way and we deny the truth that we cannot see because we can see this crap. I can feel a crystal. I can go to somebody that says they're a fortune teller. I can look at the stars and, and find my future. I can go to this substance to find peace. See, all these things are, are just tangible crap. That's all it is. And the Bible is so true when it says that we consistently go back to Egypt. See, when the Jews were liberated from Egypt, they were slaves there. And God brought them out of slavery to enter into the promised land, the land that, that God had promised to them. And it says even when they were right at the, the border of the promised land, that because it seemed so unbelievable, they couldn't see how it could happen, they, they, their talk began, man, remember Egypt though? Back then we had cucumbers, now we only have manna. And the thing that was so broken before became a better crap than what they could believe could be the future. And they were willing to be slaves. They, they, they wanted to go back to slavery simply because they found it too hard to believe what God had told them. Is that not us today? How many times have you thought I should just go back to what I was doing before as a Christian because there's no way I could really see what God has for me? Now, all these promises, those are all cute and stuff, but I, is that really going to happen? Does God really see me like that? I was doing better off when I was addicted and it, it, my life was horrible and I was depressed and I had thoughts of suicide. That was better than right now. Was it? See, that's what happened to the, 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 Isra the Israel people in the Bible is that they forgot how harshly that world was. 
They forgot how badly the world beaten them. And we forget the bruises that we went through in our past. And we start thinking that that was better than not knowing the future. Isn't that really what it is? We don't know the future. We don't know what's about to happen. We don't, we don't get to see it. But crap, man, we get to feel that. At least I, I knew that I was going through depression. <laughs> now I have to just believe that I have a, a future. That's so much harder because I can't feel it. Y'all dig what I'm saying? And, and I'm, I'm, I'm being intentional in using the word crap instead of a lie. Because all of those lies are just crap. All these things that we go to, it really is just crap. It's useless. Yet we go to it every time. A couple of years go by, we go back. A couple months go by, and we start thinking, man, maybe that crap was better than I thought. It's not. All of faith is believing without seeing. That is what faith is. Believing without seeing. And yet our doubts consistently get the best of us and we settle for lesser out of our fear of being wrong. We evade the truth to avoid looking foolish. How many times have you avoided faith, avoided the truth because you were afraid of looking foolish and yet we become the fooled. We, we traded a promised land for an enslaved life. We, we traded a truth, a hope for crap. We really become the fool when we're afraid of becoming foolish like that. And so I want us to, to end today with the thought of get up and be. Get up and be. Get off the floor of doubt and be the man or woman of God that you're called to be. Stop being so double-minded, going back and forth. If God is God, then follow Him. If He is not, then follow the energies of this world. But stop trying to do both. We are called to be the church. And when it comes to church right there, so I wanted to share that, that, that little bit about Kanye's new album is because one moment we want to be this loving, caring church and another minute we want to be a devouring lion that just attacks anybody. Just want to attack somebody. And we need to get off, we need to get off the floor. We need to get off our butt and we need to be what we need to be. And we need to be an unbreakable community with a bond. I, guys, I know that we're, we're still really early in our church, but are, are you really satisfied with church right now? I love you guys. I love the people of Gravetop Church, but we are not there yet. Do you really think that we have an unbreakable bond? I feel like we're, we're, we're going somewhere, but I don't feel like we're there yet. We're not all there yet. We are not that community that's unbreakable. And 
we need to get up and, and we're, we need to be the church to reach people for Jesus. I mean, think about yourself for a second. When's the last time that you really try to reach somebody for Jesus? When's the last time you invited somebody to church? Think about that. And a lot of times we think of strangers. It's random people. I remember when I first gave my life to Christ, the very first thing I wanted to do was reach my friends and family for Jesus. And man, did they reject it. (laughs) And after that point, I just started thinking, well, then I need to reach strangers. The strangers I meet, that's who I need to reach. And while, yes, that is true, we need to reach our coworkers. We need to reach our peers, our classmates. Our, and we do still need to reach our families. We need, to, we need to reach our neighbors. I mean, how many people do we pass by a day without showing the love of Jesus to them? I, I hate going out to eat because... Through financial difficulty, I hate having to leave an additional tip. (laughs) I love tipping people. I love being generous. But I just cannot within myself leave a crappy tip. I feel so convicted. And there's been times where Lauren even looks at me like, babe, just calm down, okay? (laughs) It's it's like I just – and there's been so many times where I try to just force myself and I'll put just 15%. Even 20%. I was like, that's not right. And I go back and I scratch it out. Because every time that I go out to eat, I leave a little note for the waiter or waitress. And I tell them, Jesus loves you. We prayed for you when we ate. I hope that your day goes good. Sometimes, and a lot of times I'll put something very specific I felt on my heart. And say something like, Jesus hears your prayers. Whatever you're hoping for, I believe God's going to answer you. Things like that. And I feel if I leave a crappy tip, (laughs) I'm not going to be a very good representation of Jesus, right? The point I'm getting at is what if you looked at even your cashiers as people that you could reach for Jesus? How many cashiers have you invited to church? I mean, I think Mary Kate and Dean are a a great example (laughs) They are, there are a family here that are so, there's, they're really the, the strongest family in our church right now. And they, they are, they are so consistent and committed and they are a blessing to Grave Top Church and everybody here. And I know that I would be making Dean feel uncomfortable saying all this publicly, but they, they truly are such a blessing and an amazing asset when it comes to family at church. And you know how they started coming? Me and Lauren were selling our Nintendo Wii, the first gen, and they wanted to buy it from Facebook yard sale. And before they left, I simply invited them to church. And why do we usually not invite people? Because we assume they would never come. Well, I'm too scared of getting rejected. Like as if we're asking them on a date. Well, what, what if they don't want to come? Okay. 
You know what? They, they said, okay, we'll try it out. And they showed up and they haven't stopped coming. They, it is a perfect example of how we need to reach out as the church to people that we meet. Whether it's a stranger like that <laughs> or someone that we work with. We, it is our, our mission to reach out as the church. Amen. That's Jules Mercy, y'all. <laughs> Are you amening me? But girl, we don't say amen in this church. We say you dig it, so you got to learn how to talk. <laughs> and finally, we need to grow as individuals. You know, there's, there's three real pillars to our church. And, not, and the vision that God gave us when, we, when he told us to start this church. And that was to build a community, to evangelize and reach people for Christ, and to disciple, to grow as an individual in our faith, in our spirits, in our knowledge of God. And since moving here, I have been, I'll be honest, I've been very surprised to find out how many spiritual leaders... Do not even read the Bible. I made a joke the other day uh, to somebody um, who asked if I've been, uh, if I went to Bible college. I said no, but most people that go to Bible college don't even read their Bible. And a person that went to Bible college there laughed because they knew how true it was. <laughs> and the point I'm getting at is that what good is our faith if we don't grow it. What good is it? Because from my experience, when we're not growing, we're shrinking. If we're not growing, we're diminishing. And the times in my Christian walk, the times I was not growing my faith, I, over time, one day I just realized how much it shrunk. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And it's as simple as if you're not if you're not working out in the gym, you're, you're going to lose them gains, right? Isn't it funny that when you're bulking up and getting all muscular, like Dari, that you can get so swole, so fit, but the minute that you stop, your muscle starts to diminish. And see, that's what it's like with our faith. And we really should be looking, instead of stimulating the things that we think we need to get out of our system, we need to stimulate our faith. We need to stimulate our knowledge of Christ. You really think that you found out everything about your faith already? Have you really found out everything about Christ, everything about God, that you don't need to grow that relationship? You know, my wife just turned uh, 30 on Friday. I've made a little post about her, if y'all saw it. Um, and... It's funny that the fears that we have in marriage is that are we still in love like we were when we were dating? Do I still look good like I did when I was 22? Right, Lauren, remember? <laughs> See, we, we have this fear. Is, do we, are we still at the same level that we were at from the beginning? And it, what, what's way better to look at is is my marriage so much better than when it started? Do, am I more in love 
with my spouse now than when we first got married? Have I learned more about her than I did when we were dating? Do I think she's even more sexy than when we first started talking? And yeah, I do. <laughs> See, that, and when you look at, let's say, an, an ideal, unhealthy marriage, it's the opposite of all those things, right? It's never at the same level when you started. It's either greater or lesser that they fell out of love with their spouse. They are no longer attracted to the love of their life. They never have sex. <laughs> See, it's, it's lesser or greater. We're either growing or shrinking. We never stay at the same spot we started. And it's the same way with our faith. We need to grow it. Or it's going to die. You know, Jesus calls us to be the salt and light of the world. And I'm ending on this. When you think about Jesus has it's such a well-known scripture, which he says, I've called you to be the salt and light of the world. The salt and light of the world. And there's so many different teachings about salt, which I think is kind of funny. Like, we all know what salt does, right? It, t it makes food taste better. It preserves. It does, it, it does so many things. And I feel like salt and light, it, it's a distinguisher. You do, not, uh, you do not know anything except by light shown to it. Any object, any color is darkness without light. And it's time for us to really take Jesus' words to heart. And instead of looking for all of these supplemental ways to satisfy our wants and even our needs, we need to just make a stand and get up and be godly men and godly women and be who God has called us to be. We need to be a community with a desire to build a community. Every single one of us is a person of a community in this church that plays a part. And if you think that you are not a vital person or a valuable person for this community, you have been tricked. You've been fooled. The, the first church I went to I, I gave my life to Christ before I went there. And it was the first church I ever was invited to that I started going to. And after I had been going there for some time, I was told by some other people in that youth group that they never thought I was going to keep going after two weeks. I was that bad around the edges. And the truth is that they did not see the value in me as a person to be a part of that community. They were the ones that didn't see the value even more than I did. And it's that criticizing spirit we talked about that at the beginning, that judgmental heart. It says, you're not really one of us. You're not really valuable. And after just a couple years, I became the youth pastor at that church. And I, I brought so many young kids to Christ 
while there at that church that no one thought I was going to be at for more than two weeks. And so if you've been the one being your worst critic and thinking that you are not bringing value to the community, you're lying to yourself. You've tricked yourself. And you, you are needed and wanted here. You dig what I'm saying? So I want us to all bow our heads and close our eyes. And I want to pray for a couple things, but the very first thing I want to pray for is if you've been tricked in your mind and your heart in the idea that you are not wanted by God, you've been fooled in finding supplements elsewhere instead of finding nourishment in Christ. And today, you want to make the first step of having a relationship with Jesus, not a religion. And you want to find true nourishment in Him for the very first time. Or maybe you did a while ago, and today you want to recommit to that. I want you to just raise your hand. Amen. So if you rose your hand, if you, you wanted to, I want you to just pray this prayer with me. Because in the book of Romans, it says all you have to do to start is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. So say, God, today I put my trust in you. I don't want to look elsewhere. I want to look to you. Be the Lord of my life and the Savior to my soul. Jesus, I know you rose from the dead after you died on the cross. Show me how you see me. Forgive me of my past and help me in my future. Cause me to trust you and increase my faith. In Jesus' name. And with your head still bowed and your eyes closed, if you're here and you just, you realize that you've been, you've been taking crap instead of allowing yourself to walk in truth, You've been accepting these lies instead of accepting faith. And you just want to just put all that to the past right now. And you want to just reassert your faith and reaffirm God's vision for your life. I want you to just raise your hand. Amen. So I'm going to just pray for you right here. God, you see all these people and Lord, you love them. You care deeply for them. And so I ask that you help us all to put away the supplements and go to you for our nourishment. Let us not be tricked any longer, but give us sense. Give us wisdom. Give us common sense. And help us to know what to say no to, what to deny. And help us to look to you for all things. Turn our hearts back to you, God. And help us to just get up and be who you called us to be. We thank you for the blood of Jesus, and we thank you for all that you've done. In your name we pray. Amen. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.